Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. Hi, this is Eddie Markham, pastor of River of Life Church, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for taking the time and listening to our podcast. Hopefully you're going to be inspired and impacted by our message today. I also want to let you know what's going on here at River of Life. God has just been blessing us, and we have outgrown our facility, and the time has come for us to get into a new building. We need to get into a bigger building. So we have kicked off a building campaign this year, and we are moving forward, and God is blessing it. So we are reaching out to you, our podcast listening audience, and just want to encourage you that if you would like to participate and make a donation into our building fund, please head over to our website. It's www.rol-ag.com. And right on the homepage there is a little donate button. Click on that, follow the instructions, and just sow your seed, sow into this ministry, and help us make this happen. I want to say thank you in advance, and I pray God continue to bless you and impact your life as you listen to the ministry at River of Life. Hallelujah. Man, I tell you what, I could come up here one Sunday and just preach all the words that we sing in these songs. Ah, man, I hope you see those songs and and just the lyrics of those songs. Powerful, deep theology that are in those words. I want to talk about one of the greatest revivals today in Israel's history. How many's ready for the word today? Come on, you ready for the word today? Go with me to 2 Kings chapter 23. In order to get the whole story, you would have to read chapter 22 and chapter 23. Obviously, we don't have time to read both chapters, so you need to go home and read that. If you're not familiar with the story of Josiah, the youngest king in Israel's history, this is the darkest time in Israel's history, but yet God brought the greatest revival and the greatest era actually in Judah's history, a revival that lasted for 31 years after 55 years of total darkness and despair. And I want to show you how he did it today. I want to show you how change happens. I want to show you how revival can happen and still happen in our lives today. So we're just going to catch uh, a little piece of it in chapter 23. It tells us really this was the turning point. And it says that the king sent them to gather all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem to him. This is King Josiah. Then Josiah went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah. By this time, he's in his early 20s. And with him, all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had had been found. Everyone say found. That's a key word here that had been found in the house of the Lord. Then Josiah stood by a pillar, which was a custom that he would make a proclamation. They would stand next to the pillar of the temple, which was symbolic to what they were getting ready to do was going to be a pillar in their life. And he made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all of his heart, with all of his soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in the book. And this is how the people responded. All the people took a stand for the covenant. 
I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 4, if you have that on the screen. And it says this about the Word of God. For the Word of God is alive and active. How many know that that's this book? It's alive and active. The Greek word for active is dunamis, or is the English word is power, but it's not the Greek word dunamis. It's the Greek word energis, where we get the English word energy. So read it like this. The Word of God is active and working and can give you spiritual energy. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing of the soul and spirit and, and joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Today, I want to talk to you about how God's word brings change in our life. A church worth building is where lives are changed. Amen. You may be seated today. Thank you. Hallelujah. A church worth building is where lives are changed. You know, we love to talk about, we love to talk about change, don't we? We love to talk about change. The top three things that Americans say that they want to change in their life are their finances, their family, and their health. But honestly, I can, I can tell you this being in ministry for 16 years, being 11 years as a pastor, uh, as a youth pastor for 11 years, and in five years as a senior pastor, I, I'm just telling you, I, I, I must admit that very few really change. I think sometimes we're more captivated and more in love with the idea of change than really allowing God to do a change in our life. This is an observation I've made. And some of the changes that I've seen people make, usually they're small and they don't last. I don't mean to be negative today, but I'm just being real. I've seen a lot of people come and go in the church world throughout my life, being a pastor's kid in my dad's church, watching it happen there, watching it happen at the first church Melinda and I went to. I remember sitting in the meeting and I was a part of the evangelism team and the evangelism pastor, even though it was a large mega church, he said, guys, we got to figure out a way to stop the revolving door that is on our church. And, and he says, honestly, the revolving door has been on churches throughout history. And I think what happens is that people, you know, there, God will allow things to happen and things just happen and it kind of chases us to God. Sometimes we get drama in our life, and the drama will chase, chase us to God. People come into church, and they're in a, usually in a bad place. That's how I was when I came to Christ. But what happens is usually a lot of times that God will, will bring uh, some restoration, some healing. He'll bring, uh, you know, someone will, will come in when they're just busted and disgusted, and God will give them a good job, and as soon as they get a good job, they disappear, or they come in and God gives them a husband or a wife, and they dis I've seen it. God, God heals them. God begins to restore their life. Some bring their, when their kids are little, they just want to have their kids exposed to the gospel. I've seen this, and so they bring their kids to church, but when their kids get older, they begin to disappear from the house of God. And, and it's so frustrating. Uh, I know it is frustrating to God because he's looking and he's going, hey, man, if you would just, if you would just stay and, and allow me to do what I want to do in your life, I want to bring real change in your life that will last for generations in your family. Can I say that to you today? God don't want to just relieve, he don't want to just call you out of drama. He wants to call you out of your drama, but bring you into your destiny. 
So you got to learn that some way, somehow, in the darkest time of your situation, watch this, that you're not just praying that God brings you out, but you're praying that you can connect a relationship with God and that you can get more of God in your life, regardless of what happens to your situation. If you, because if you really find God in those that do, one time the Philistines uh, was losing their battle, true story, so they went and captured the Ark of the Covenant, which had the presence of God in it, and your Bible says that they did this just so they can win the battle. They brought the ark into the battle with them, but they didn't worship the God of the ark, so they lost the battle. And they actually, God brought a plague on them, and they they actually had tumors that broke out in their body. Go study that. It's an interesting kind of tumor that they had on their body, but it it didn't work. And and then so they they gave the ark back to the Israelites and says, man, I don't know how you're doing it, but I, I tried your God thing, and it didn't bring me victory. And King David said, because you did it wrong. You don't serve God to see what he can do for you. You serve God to see how close you can get to him. And they ended up winning like that. But I want you to know that that change, it is possible. And lasting and long change is possible. And he does it through his word. I love to talk about the Word of God. It's the Word of God that brings change. The Bible says, meditate in it day and night. And as long as you meditate in the Word day and night, you will have good success. In other words, it's it's not just a one-time thing. It's not just a thing you do when you're going through a hard time. It's not just a thing you do when your kids are little. It's not just a thing you do for a, a period of time. It's something that you learn to develop a pattern and a habit of doing, of you staying in the Word of God. And then God will then begin to change. Why? Because the change that God does is an inward change and not an outward change. That's what God does. That's why the real change that God wants to do has to happen in our heart. And if we don't allow the word of God to get into our heart, then real change really doesn't happen. That's why I picked this story, because in this story, it tells us how real change can happen. 31 years, and it would have continued to go if Israel would have continued to be in the Word of God. But this story, as I said, is there's two kings in this story, Manasseh and Josiah. Everyone say Manasseh and Josiah. Manasseh was the most wicked king in Israel's history. You think it's bad today in our culture and people say, this is the worst I've ever seen it. No, it's not the worst it's ever been. Believe me, it's not the worst. Let me just tell you, in chapter 23, read it later. Manasseh, he brought idols into the church and they would actually set up idols in the church and worship idols. Imagine Pastor Steve coming in today and singing a song to Buddha. And then, oh, if you didn't like that, let's go over and serve one of the millions of Hindu gods. Or let, They were doing that. Also, in chapter 23, are you ready for this? I'm going to keep it rated G, but it, it's rated R in that chapter. He made little booths. If you can picture a confession booth, just picture it. They were about that size in the temple, and inside of that they would perform sexual acts homosexuality and heterosexual prostitution in the temple of God. It's in your chapter, chapter 23. 
Also, though if it couldn't get any worse than that, they worshiped the God of Molech, which means they sacrificed their children. They would cost their children, cause their children to walk through the fire, and they would actually kill their kids as an act of worship to Molech. And if it couldn't get any worse, they built altars, Manasseh did, on top of the roof of the temple, they built altars so you can worship the deities of heaven, of the sky moon, the, or the moon god, the sky god, the sun god. And you think it's bad, right? I'm telling you what, we're not that bad. There's a remnant of God's people in America. That I'm telling you that, that, that as God is still blessing this country. I know we got our issues, but there is always going to be a remnant of God. But here's the point. During, and, and, that reign, and listen, Manasseh's reign was the longest reign in his, Israel's history. It's like, God, how did you allow this to happen so long? i tell you what was happening and why he did it. Because while the darkness was happening, God was developing the greatest king that would bring the greatest revival that Israel has ever seen. Come on, somebody. In other words, God doesn't cause the darkness, but he can develop you, you in the middle of your darkness. He doesn't cause the pain, but he can use the pain to prepare you to bring healing to God's people. Come on, somebody. He doesn't cause it, but he can allow it. He can use it. And during this dark time, there was a king. It all started when they found a book. Chapter 22 says that King Josiah was just eight years old when he became king, and in his 16th year, he was in his early 20s, he wanted to turn things around, and the Bible says that everything turned around when he found a book. Pastor Hilka found the book, the book of the law in the temple. While they were rebuilding and while they began, while they began to just, you know, they said it needed a facelift. And so they're doing this. They, they discovered a book. And this was part of the reason why they got themselves in such a mess. Because the word of God, the church were not, was no longer obeying the word of God. I heard Pastor Ron Carpenter said, I've never, he said he was at a pastor's conference and he told them, he said, they're all mega church pastors. He said, we've never had in our culture today as many mega churches in our history. But yet we've never been so messed up in our culture. Something don't work. Something's not lining up. And I tell you what, we got to get back to finding the word of God and teaching the word of God and standing on the word of God and believing it and living it out. I said it at the 1130 service last week. I'll say it here that when we build this building in the fountain, as we pour that foundation, that cement slab, we're going to install Bible. We're going to put Bibles all in the concrete of this church. Why? Because the house of God that we're building is going to be founded upon the word of God. It's going to be based on scripture. And that's how this word of God is going to be built. Amen. But it all found, it, it was all found when he uh, changed, when he found the book of the law. But I love the word find there. When, 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 I, when I saw that that word find just stepped out, just popped out three different times, I went and looked it up. That word find, it actually means to discover a secret. It also means to find out for oneself. You see, when they got the, Hilka found the book of the law, and as he began to read it, something began to happen on the inside of him. Your Bible says that they begin to get excited. Remember, this is the darkest time. It's the darkest time of Israel's history. 
And I remember that I, I know Hilko was sitting there reading saying when he would begin to read that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was dark and without form but the spirit of the Lord was hovering over the deep. There was something about the word of God that started coming alive. In verse 11 it says that when King Josiah heard the words of the book that he tore his clothes and he fell down to his knees and he said oh my God what have we done? How far have we drifted? This is why the darkness has happened in our culture today. So I want to show you something. In order to see change really happen in your life, he, it's not that he found the Bible. You don't just find the Bible. You don't just read the Bible. Number one, Josiah discovered the truth of God's word. I want to tell you something. There is something different between hearing the word of God and discovering the truth of God's word. Every Sunday I come in here, whoever's preaching, we've got great preachers and ministers in this church, amen? That we treat the word of God very seriously. I, 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 I plan, every time I preach the word of God, I preach it as if it could be one of the last messages I ever, we, we take it seriously. But here's what we do, really, when you come to church. We, we just dump truth on you. And to be honest, you'll remember it. Most of the time you'll remember the stories. Unless you take notes. You're really not going to remember a whole lot. You can re-listen to it on our podcast and things like that. And, and amen. But you're really, you and I are not going to listen and re, we're not going to remember everything that is said. But you know what really will begin to change your life? Listen to me. It's not when you just hear the truth, but when you discover the truth for yourself. Moms and dads, when we teach the Word of God, it's one thing to get them to come to church. And don't mistake the fact that they're in the church, even being brought up and raised in the church, that really the Word of God is working in their life. It, that, that there's two totally different things. Come on, you need to lean into your kids and, and make sure that they are discovering the truth of God in their life. Hear me today. It's serious. I'll watch our girls when they were little, and I would watch if they're worshiping. Because if they're not worshiping, then that something's up. I would, and I wouldn't, you know, make them and lift your hands. You know, I was raised, sometimes the old school had you do that. And I, there's maybe some good in it. I don't know. But, but what I would do is I thought it was more important to find out why my kids were so bored during worship. Why they were not reading the word. Why they were not really living the Christian. Why there was no fruits in their life. Come on, I'm just trying to help you today. And what I found out is when that happens, because it happens in my life, is when I no longer am discovering the rich beauty and the treasure in God's word. Jesus said it like this. He said again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man, what? Found or discovered. And he hid Hit it again, and for joy over it, he goes and he sells all that he has, and he buys that field. That's what Jesus said the word of God is like. It's when someone discovers the truth in God's word. They go and they sell all that they have. Why? Because of the joy of what they just discovered. No one had to make them serve God. No one had to make them lift their hands. No one had to make them uh, give to the Lord and sell out their life to the God. Listen, I can tell you that Jesus loves you. I can tell you that he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. I can tell you that there's a reason why you're on planet Earth. And it's good, and you may receive it. But when you discover that God really loves you, come on. When you discover that he has a plan for your life, when you discover that there's a reason for you being on planet earth then you're ready to dig up the ground you're ready to give everything for that field 
Come on, give him some praise today. You receive that word. Because information plus revelation equals transformation. Information is good. But without the revelation, it will not work. And you remember that old song? The word is working mightily in me. The word is working mightily in me. No, no matter what my circumstances, what I feel or see, the word is working mightily in me. Everybody now. Word is working mightily. Man, it's amazing how them songs still is in my heart. We used to have so many of the most, the most songs. Sometimes I'll be in prayer time and just begin to uh, sing these old songs. You know, we're blessed to have these songs. Like I said a while back, when we grew up with just Father Abraham, you know, remember that? I mean, that's it. That's what we learned at Children's Church. And everybody was right. I mean, that was it. Now, man, we have songs. We was listening to Toby Mac on the way into church. And Felicia said, this is what we listen to in River Kids. I was like, wow, Really? And that bass was hitting, ba-boom. I said, does the bass hit like that down there? She went, oh, yeah. She says, the kids love it. They want to play it over and over. Some of y'all know what it is. Kids go home singing it, amen. It's Toby Meg. It's, it's, it's awesome, singing the Word of God. Long as, it, long as it gets in, the Word of God, the Word of God has to get in to your heart. And the Bible, that's why he tore his clothes. Why? Because he was discovering the truth of God's Word. When you get into the Word of God, you've got to discover. You'll discover, first of all, how bad you are. Some people won't get really saved and on fire, and the Word can't get in to change them because they're like this. Oh, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. I'm not messed up. I'm not a sinner. I'm not, you know, I really don't need the Word of God. I'm okay just coming and, and listening, and, you know, I'll listen to the podcast, or I'll do this, and you know, I'm not listening. We kind of got our, our block up, and the Word of God cannot get in. You need to read and see how messed up you really are. The Bible says, or someone said that Jesus come to save the lost, to get the, no, he come to get the lost saved and the saved lost. That's good. You can't get saved unless you first know how lost you were. And that's what Josiah was. Josiah said, man, we are off track. You know what keeps me in line serving the Lord 21 years is this word of God. Staying in this word of God. That's how, that's how you do it. The moment you quit fighting in your faith, you're going to start losing your faith. The, the moment you quit fighting, the Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent ones take it by force. Jesus said the kingdom of God advances through violence. In other words, advances through you and I making time and getting into the word of God. Listen, there's a keeping power that God is able to him who he's not to him who's able to keep that. Watch this. That is committed unto him. Even in the keeping power of God that he's able to keep us through the storms. But Paul told Timothy that he is able to keep what is committed to him. There's still an area of responsibility on you and I when it comes to keeping and staying and walking, staying in step with the Holy Spirit. Jude said it this way. Keep yourself in the love of God. I help it. I'm trying to help you today. This is how real change really begins to work. You've got to discover how far, and they discovered how far that they drifted. You'll read the Word of God that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. 
You'll read in the Word of God, and when you discover how bad you are, then you'll discover, here's, not only will you discover how bad you are, but you'll soon discover how good God is. And that's when change begins to happen, when you really discover how good God is. When you discover that he's got eternal life for you, when you discover that the joy comes and the darkness may come and weeping may endure for the night, but joy will come in the morning. I can preach it to you, but when you discover it for yourself, you'll begin to shout, you'll begin to celebrate even in the darkness. Why? Because you discovered the truth. Come on, give me praise today. Come on, help me. He even said, I'll heal your backsliding. I'll heal your backslide. That's what he did to Josiah when he ripped his garment and he fell to his knees because he realized he has backslidden. See, the word of God will, it's like a mirror. It'll show you when you're straying. That's why we have to meditate in a day and night. Jesus said it like this, if, my, if you abide in me, John 15, go read John 15. This is really where he talks about this. He said, if, if, my, he said, if you abide in me, which means to remain, if you re- want to remain in me, and my words remain in you, then you can ask anything from the Father and he will do it to you. But if my words do not remain in you, you are like a branch that is withered and dies. Many times we think that's the judgment of God. If you don't get into the word, he's going to wither you up and collect you and throw you into the fire. He's not talking about a judgment that's going to come. He's talking about the consequence. If you and I do not allow ourselves to stay in the word, you will dry up. You will dry up and become like a branch. Then he says it's good for nothing but firewood. I'm trying to help us today. You got to discover that word. Man, how, 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 do I, how do I get excited about the word of God, though, Pastor Eddie? I'm, I mean, I don't like reading. And then, you know what you got to do? You got to dig it out. You got to dig it out. Treasure is hidden in the field. You got to dig it out. Jesus said it's like the kingdom of God is like treasure hidden in the field. You can read the word of God, and then you can allow the word of God read you. In Revelations, Jesus said, I will give hidden manna. I will give the hidden manna. I, you know, God has secrets. Come on, somebody. I said, God has secrets. And you can read the word of God, and it's a, it will encourage you, and you can get the superficial or the, the cosmetic or the shallow definition and understanding of it. But when you allow the Holy Spirit to bring the logos into the rhema, when you allow the word of God to become alive in your life, when you really discover that he's talking to you, that scripture is for you, he will restore hope in the middle of your darkness. When you, when you really discover that for yourself, then you'll say, hey, I'll do whatever it takes, God. I'll sell everything I have. I want that field. I want it. I want that field. Why are you, what's happening? You're discovering the truth. And actually, to be honest with you, it's addictive. It's more addictive than crack. I'm just telling you. It's a word. What is rhema? Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, every spoken word. What's he saying? The word of God that he's talking about there is not the logos. It's the rhema. It's when you discover the word of God. When the enemy came to Jesus during the temptation, the enemy quoted the Bible to Jesus. But what did Jesus say? He said, it is also written. It is also written. And he said those words, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is also written that you should not tempt the Lord thy God. Why? Because he's saying, hey, I know what it says. I wrote it. And better yet, I am the word. I am the resurrection. I am the revelation of the word of God. I am. 
The Bible said that's how the enemy left him. The enemy left him because he knew he couldn't, he couldn't compete. He couldn't go against him. He couldn't win that battle. And the enemy, he's not going to come against you when he knows you know your word. Come on, get in there. I want change. Well, first, you got to learn to discover the word of God. You got to learn to discover the word of God. I'm still discovering the word of God. I'm still discovering truths of the word of God. I pray over that word. I say, God, open your word to me. And, and sometimes I get nothing and I'll just read it and I'll read it and I'll meditate upon that. And there's other times I will begin to meditate on that a couple of days into it after I, I start reading and that verse I read last week will come alive. It's the word of God. You got to discover the word of God. In 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 19 tells us that King Josiah, after he ripped his garment, he fell down to his knees and the prophet of the Lord came up. And, the, and this prophet said, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself when you heard my word, I also have heard you. Isn't that something? God is saying, because you were sensitive in your heart and you heard my word, I'm therefore going to hear your word. Isn't that good? How many of us want God to answer our prayer? Amen. You know what this is saying? This is saying, okay, quit coming to me and saying, God, I want you to do this. God, I want you to do that. Unless you're already doing it. Because I'm in heaven saying, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> He's saying, you want me to hear your word? I'm wanting you to hear my word. So the key word in that scripture is number two, is that you want the word of God to change in your life. You got to discover God's word. You also got to develop a heart to receive God's word. Please hear me today. See, I love preaching about these disciplines in summertime because we, we need to hear it. Prayer was last week. These are, these are just spiritual disciplines that our church is built on. This is what we're supposed to do. The house of God is supposed to be a house of prayer. The house of God is supposed to be a place where God's word is honored. You know why we stand when we read the word of God? Because they did it in Ezra. They stood for hours in the hot sun when they heard the word of God. Can we stand in an air-conditioned building for at least five minutes while I read the word? You know what I'm saying? It, it, we do it. Why? Because it's biblical to stand. It's a way of honoring the word of God. Jesus, would, when he read his first sermon, he, they stood. And after he read, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. He then handed the scroll and what? They sat down. It was a thing that they honor the word of God. But you really, they do that because they want to keep a sensitive area in their heart to God. Jesus taught a parable about the sower. Remember the parable of the sower? He said the guy goes out, the sower goes out, and he sows seed upon the ground, and it fell upon four different grounds. Remember that? It fell along the pathway, and the birds came and ate the seed, and some seed fell along, among the thorns. It started to grow, but the thorns choked it. Some fell among stony ground, which was real shallow ground, and it sprang up immediately. But soon as the sun came out, soon as tribulation, soon as persecution, soon as the season of God not answering my prayer, soon as I'm feeling like God's away from me, it withered up and it died. But some fell among good ground. Hear me today. Some fell among good ground, and when it fell among that good ground, what? It brought forth a, a fruit 30 and 60 and 90 and 100 fold. It began to grow. What's he saying? He said, there's nothing wrong with the seed. There's nothing wrong with the sower. The problem was the ground. The problem was the heart. Come on, somebody. It's the heart. It's the word. I'm not getting out of the, not, not of the word of God. I'm not getting out of the word of God. 
Well, that's a heart problem. I want to be good ground. I want to be good heart. I want to be good heart. The, the, the seed that fell among the ground and the birds came and got it. Jesus later, he's the only parable in the Bible that Jesus explained the parable. Most of the time he did, he just would explain it to his disciples. But here we have the explanation because it must be the most important because it's the only one. And he says, the seed that fell along the, the uh, path and the birds ate it, those are people that, watch this, do not understand the word. So the enemy comes immediately and snatches away the word of God. That's why you need to learn to make sure you got a Bible that you're understanding. Parents, you need to make sure that's why your kids are understanding. Hear me. Why we worship, why we witness, why we don't do certain things, and why we do certain things. They, they have to have an understanding. If not, it's just rules. And rules without a relationship equals what? Rebellion. Take it from me. I'm a pastor's kid. I could highlight every verse in my scripture. I could go with the deacon in the church toe-to-toe on what the scripture says. But in my heart, I was sneaking around looking at all kinds of things, learning to do this and learning to do that. Why? Because it was all superficial. It wasn't in my heart. And when 13 years, 14 years came, I was out of the church. Here it is, preacher, today. Jesus is saying, don't be stony. And in the stony ground, you can teach on it all day. It's good. It's good stuff. It's, it's the cares of this life begin to choke it as the thorns and on and on and on. But you've got to be good ground. Listen to what Hebrews says. Again, Hebrews, powerful book. He says, see to it, brethren, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Brethren, he's talking about the church. But encourage one another, what, daily, as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulnesses of sin. Let me be honest with you, man. Life, life will harden your heart. Life will, the world will beat you down. The world will harden your heart. And, and somehow, Josiah... Somehow, during all of that darkness, during, you imagine coming to the temple and that stuff was going on in the church. I mean, the church and the culture and society was so far from God. But yet somehow, the Bible says that because Josiah had a sensitive heart toward God, somehow in the middle of life, he was able to have a sensitive area in his heart toward God. If you're not afraid of having a hard heart toward God, if, if, if that doesn't scare us today, if it doesn't scare you to have a hard heart toward God, then you might already have one. Take it from pastor's kid who ended up leaving and getting into the world selling, you guys know my story, ended up addicted to drugs and alcohol, messed up out of my mind. Knowing the scripture, I would love going, I would love talking with Jehovah's Witnesses just to mess them up. I had them come to me all the time. Can I give you some of this watchtower? I will look at them. And I would say, you know, Jesus says you must be born again. And they would say, born again? Well, we're all born again. This, no, no, you must be born again. I knew exactly scriptures to go to, who I was talking to. But I'll tell you what, I was so far from God. I'm, hear me today. You want real change to take place? we got to keep that sensitive heart toward God. Somehow Josiah kept it in his heart. I'll never forget, right before I got saved, I got in some serious trouble. And I had to stay home. 
because I had an IV that was uh, going in because I infected my hand. I cut it open and just night of violence, crazy stuff. So I'm sitting at the house and a nurse would have to come to the house and do all that. And while I was there, uh, God has been dealing with me for two years. I tell you, two years before I became a Christian, I can write a book on those two years. It was amazing how uh, God was sending people into my life. And one day sitting at home, I never sat at home. I was always going. When I wasn't at work, as soon as I got off work, I was going where the party was. I was up to one, two o'clock in the morning, come home, flop into bed, get up at six in the morning, go take, jump in the shower. That was my routine. Weekends, my wife didn't see me on the weekends. I mean, that was my life. But here I had to come to a stop because I had an infection and I had to get the antibiotic working in me. While I'm sitting there, I get a knock on the door. It was my dad and Pastor Brown. Two people you do not want to see when you're living in sin. (laughs) But you know what? I thank God for people that still do this. I said, I thank God for people who still do this. I thank God for people who see someone whose life's messed up and don't just write them off. But we'll say, hey, let me go tell you. Let me sit alongside of you and tell you something about Jesus. Let, let, me, let me show you how to get your life back on track. Let me show you how to do it. And they, and they came in. I couldn't, you know, they start looking in the door. I remember I was going to get up and go to the back. But by the time I got off the couch and grabbed that, they're, my, they're looking in the window. They see me. <laughs> Lord, just let the house catch on fire right now or something. I knew what they were going to say. Jesus and God, you need to get into church. Look at your life now, you know, and all that. They come in. Long story short, they sat down, and I remember they're talking to me about God. Eddie, if you got saved, man, I know every one of them rug rats over there would get saved. Don't you know God's got, you got so much potential? Yeah, yada, yada, yada. And I'm sitting there, yeah, listening to him. I'm thinking in my mind, will you please just get out of here? And I remember he said, can I just pray with you? Do you want to receive Jesus? He asked me. I thank God for people to go for it, too. He went for it and said, will you you, want to invite Jesus into your heart? I said, no. I said, I'm not ready. I said, I, I, I'm not going to be no hypocrite. And I'll tell you right now, I don't want to go to church. I'm just not there right now. And he looks at me. I, in other words, my life is great. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how you can't see how messed up. I got an IV, got an infection in my finger that almost killed me. My job, I'm about to lose my job. My marriage has been about over. My two girls are not are having a dad who they don't have a superhero of a father. I, I, I'm becoming this biggest lowlife ever, but I'm holding on and saying, oh, no, nope, I don't need, everything's good. <laughs> Why? Because I haven't discovered how bad I really was. See, the sin hardens your heart. Sin will beat you up. I had a friend, after I got saved, I had a friend that he OD'd twice. He lost everything living in his truck. And he finally came and he goes, I'm ready to do what you did. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. I said, okay, well, you need to go to Life Challenge because this dude was bad and he didn't have no place to go. I said, Life Challenge is a program that will help you. It's a one-year program. They'll feed you when you're in there. I mean, you you just go, you get detoxed. First thing he says, can I smoke in there? First thing he says, I said, I know. They actually won't let you do any kind of drugs. You've got to get permission to bring prescription, and it can't be non-narcotic. They're very strict because they want to detox you and make you start all over. He goes, well, I'm not giving up my cigarettes for nobody. You know what I said to him? I said, with all love, with all love. I said, well, you know what? You haven't suffered enough. You can't, until you realize 
how bad you really need Jesus until you get to the place where you say, God, no matter what it takes, I'm ready to serve you. God, I'm giving you 100%. Can I tell you, it won't work. God is looking for all of us, all of our heart. Sure enough, he went back out and it didn't end well. He's not even here today. But when I told Pastor Brown, I said, I'm not ready to serve Jesus. I love that he said this. He said, let me pray for you. I'll never forget this. He said, can I pray with you then? Because he didn't know at that point. I was hard. I was facing 40 years in prison. I had, I had my life was the last thing I'd ever thought I'd be is up here. Let me just tell you that right now. It's amazing what God can do in the life of a person. 21 years of me, not only clean and sober, I say this at Life Challenge and they applaud every week, but I say, and loving it. And then they really stand on their feet and give God glory. But he said, let me pray for you. He prayed for me and he said, God, this was his prayer. I'll never forget it. I pray this sometimes when I feel led. But he said, God, thank you that somehow Eddie has kept a sensitive area in his heart for you. I can't tell you what those words did to me. I can't tell you what, the, I heard blah, 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 God, God, Jesus, Jesus, blah, blah. There's hope for Eddie yet. That's what I heard. And I said, okay, he left. When he left, I really began to think about serving God. It was just, it was in August, right around this time in 1997, two months in October or November, November. This is kind of a hard case. November. I gave my heart to Jesus, November the 5th, 1997. And then the change began to happen. So you have to learn to discover the truth. You want to stay walking with the Lord? There are people, I read this the other day, 1 Corinthians 9. I went to the, my little spot and I prayed. There's some people I know that aren't serving God no more, people falling into sin and these things happen. We have a past, two pastors in our community. Uh, I was talking with some pastors here when I was going for the chaplain to sit down with the chief of police and him and we're all talking about and, and about being a chaplain and they gave me the policy of being a chaplain one of them has to be a man of integrity in the community and they brought up the com the, the uh, remark that we have a lot of pastors and people unfortunately that are no longer walking in integrity and just looked at me and i said well we got a pretty good reputation i said my dad's been serving the lord for 50 years I think him and Moses were best friends. <laughs> but here's the thing. There's not one negative blemish on my mom and dad's record. I'm not lifting them up because he'll be the first to say, don't you say that, Eddie, but I'm, I'm saying it. Because the Bible says we need to give honor to those who deserve honor and double honor to those who labor in the work. Amen? Thank you, Joanne. And I read the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, where Paul said, I discipline myself and I bring my body into subjection, watch this, for fear that after I preach, I myself can become a castaway. The great apostle is saying, hey, there's some rules that I have kept in my life. There's an area of sensitivity. i got to keep my heart sensitive to God. I still have to discover the rich truths of the Lord. Or I myself may not even be here after I preach. 
And the last thing that'll bring change is Josiah was a doer of the word. Won't you stand with me today? You got to discover the truth of the word. That's what I'm trying to say here today, church. You got to learn to discover God's word. You got to develop a sensitive heart. Keep that heart sensitive toward God. And then become a doer. Chapter 23, first thing Josiah did after he made that covenant, the people responded and said, We're gonna, we got your back, Josiah. They went into the church with axes and hatchets. If they had bulldozers, Josiah would have been on a bulldozer. And they begin to cast those little shacks, those little love shacks, whatever you want to call them. They begin to go. They went on the roof. They dismantled the altars. They said, we're not worshiping the moon God. We're worshiping the one that made the moon. We're worshiping the God of heaven. And they restored worship back in the house of God. And revival, revival began to break out. You want change to happen in your family? Get the word of your family. If you have the word in your family, keep the word in your family. Learn to rediscover the word again. Again, learn to become lovers of the word. The Bible says because they love not the truth, they fell into deception. Deception. Learn to love the truth of God's word. Jesus. Lord, this church is always going to be a word church. It's built and it's your will for this church. I pray for our people today, God. I don't know where they are in life right now. They may be in a season of darkness. They may be like Josiah, who Josiah was just in the season of darkness. But God, you were preparing Josiah for his greatest day. And God, you're preparing some people here today for their, their greatest day. I pray, Lord, that they get a hold of this message today. They will learn to discover the truth of God's word. They will develop a heart that is sensitive toward your word. Father, the greatest yet, help us to be doers and not hearers only. But begin to practice the life. Begin to tear down some altars. Begin to tear down some things in our life. And restore a house of worship in this place. Let your head bow today. I want to ask you in this place if maybe you don't know the Lord Jesus. You want to ask Jesus into your heart today. Say, Pastor Reddy, pray for me. I'm away from God, but I want to get back to where I once was. Or I want to surrender my heart to God right now, maybe for the first time. But I want God in my life today. I, I don't have him. I want you to pray for me. If that's you, just lift your hand up high. I want to pray for you in this place today. Anyone today? Amen. See that hand. Anyone else? Lift, let's lift that hand up. Pray for me today. Pray for me today. I want Jesus in my heart today. You can put it down once you lift it up. Anyone else, lift that hand up. Say, pray for me today. Pray for me today. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I want, you, I want you to repeat this. Everyone repeat this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I ask you right now to cleanse me, to wash me of anything in, unpure, anything ungodly, anything that is not pleasing in your eyes. Help me to tear it down right now in my heart. Make me new. Make my heart sensitive again toward your word. Give me a hunger for your word, I pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for everybody here, God, that heard this word today. 
Father, I pray you bring change in every life, change in every family. God, you want to change. You want to turn people around in their life. You want to turn it around in every, every person's life right now. Father, I pray that you do that in this place. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.